0: Today we're going to talk about arbitration. We'll talk a little bit about the Casey Mize drama that's happening. And then the best and worst case scenarios for the Tigers team in 2024. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, January 15th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics, treat 50 plus infections. get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on for 20 dollars off of your order that's jase medical.com. righty. happy Monday everybody. I uh, hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I am recording this earlier on Sunday afternoon so I do not know the fate of uh, of of most of our I'll say Detroit Lions um, but I am ready. it's gonna be a fun evening hopefully. And I'll catch you on the flip side, okay? But uh, but as it stands right now, you all know the outcome, because this will come out at midnight. Um, so you, you will all know the fate of our Lions. But uh, currently, I live in this great, you know, bliss state. Uh, it's really, I'm actually very nervous um, and, and have been all day. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen yet. So hoping for a win, obviously. Going to be, uh, like I said, going to be a fun evening. Hanging out with some... Uh, some people and seeing the first home playoff game in my lifetime, which is awfully cool. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about arbitration, some of the uh, weird drama that's surrounding the arbitration timeline and just the arbitration process as a whole for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, And then we are going to talk about the best and worst case scenarios for the team as a whole. We've been doing best and worst case scenarios for what, the better part of two weeks now? Week and a half, two weeks? And we've broken down each individual part of the roster. We've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. We have talked about the pitching, starting pitching. We've talked about the bullpen. We have covered all corners. And uh, and I have made clear kind of what I think the ceiling and floor of all the different aspects of this team is. So now it's time to talk about just the team as a whole in 2024. What's the best-case scenario? And, uh, and what's worst case scenario. Um, but important to remember that this is best in worst case scenario and not the somewhere in the middle that probably, uh, will be most people's opinion. And, uh, we'll get to like, you know, closer to opening day and spring training and whatnot. We'll get to what I expect out of the tigers and what I kind of want out of the tigers this upcoming season. But let's start with arbitration. Cause this is a really interesting, just, I, I know it's, it's interesting. I think everything's interesting. Uh, but this is this is a, a really fascinating just storyline that I, I didn't maybe interesting and fascinating isn't the word uh, just just weird. I think maybe <laughs> this is really odd. The the drama that has come out of Casey Mize specifically during the arbitration process, the Tigers. uh with four players on the team that were about to be arbitration eligible. The deadline was Thursday, I believe, Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday. And the Detroit Tigers settled on one-year deals with three of those four players. And so they will not have to go to arbitration with Tarek Skubal, with Jake Rogers, and with Akil Badu. Okay. So Tarek Skubal settles for a one-year $2.65 million deal. Jake Rogers, a one-year $1.7 million deal. And Akeel Badu, a $1.55 million deal. Now, for the players that are arbitration eligible, the Tigers have a long history of avoiding arbitration, which is something that one of the few things of the previous regime that I at least appreciated. Now, Was there always a ton of talent that was worth really arguing over? Not necessarily, right? Uh, But the, and Dombrowski was the king at it. I I am trying to remember, I don't think Dave Dombrowski went to arbitration once as the GM of the Tigers. That's off the top of my head. I could be wrong. It could have happened like eight times and I'm just somehow forgetting all of it. But off the top of my head, I I don't think the Tigers ever went to arbitration under Dave. Um, And and that's something that I like. I think that keeps relationship between organization and player a lot better. Um, And just out of practicality, it makes more sense than going to court and actively arguing in front of an arbitrator about how your player isn't what he thinks he's worth. That's probably not a great business model. So I do appreciate the Tigers' history of avoiding arbitration at all costs, at least in my lifetime. Um, the, the only big one I can really remember in my entire life is Michael Fulmer. Uh, and that was a, a decent deal at the time, uh, but he had some injury concerns and whatnot. And it was just a weird place between him and the organization. And then obviously what happened happened. The injuries got worse and he moved to the bullpen. Uh, but that is, again, something that really for the last 24, 20 years, uh, ha- has not been a big thing. And now we have this situation where Casey Mize and the Tigers will go to arbitration, which just in principle is already somewhat frustrating because you would rather not because of all the reasons I've already laid out. But it gets even more frustrating when you realize it's over $25,000. Now, I have, I-, I want to articulate my words very clearly here. Uh, I-, I do think that it is. It is a little, I don't want to say ridiculous because I don't know the conversations that are happening behind closed doors and whatnot. Um, I, I don't mind, in principle, the uh, but we want to give any everyone what we think their evaluation is type of mindset, and really not even with players, just like that in general, right? Like we're not going to overpay for quote-unquote no reason. I don't think this, I don't think Casey Mize is the uh is the avenue to save 25 grand right the cuz some people are just like oh like ownership it's it's penny pinching it's it's whatever i don't necessarily disagree with that for starters i want to make that abundantly clear and that and that's kind of my point is like if this was you know if if we were arguing over 25k for the, the new lights or for the new scoreboard or for the new center field wall or et cetera, et cetera. Or even there, there's some players too. Like, okay, uh, you know, 25 K for keeping uh whatever. If it's like a four, a journeyman, like utility player, like, okay, uh, you know, maybe we, we just kind of, you know, if you don't want to break a certain price, if you don't want to break a certain threshold, a certain price tag, then don't do it right. Hold your ground. I I just, I don't think Casey Mize is the person to do that for. And, uh, and, and something that's been pointed out by a few other people out there. I think this is an absolute PR nightmare now, because now everybody is looking around going, holy cow, you're going to arbitration over 25 K. The numbers was uh, the Tigers are filing arbitration at 815,000. Casey Mize is filing for 840,000. Twenty five thousand dollars, and you're and you're going uh, and you're going in front of an arbitrator. Now, Um, it it just it feels ridiculous, Uh, and I don't even know if I want to use that word. I keep backing out of saying that it's ridiculous, but it, it, it does optically it is not great. And for all of the things that this regime has been very upfront about and been trying to do to better like player relations and better uh, the the player experience, right? Like we're getting the new plane and the new clubhouse, and you know the we the nutritionist, and uh, we're tweeting out, you know, like the exact figures of the salary which like players and agents like. Like for all of this now, <laughs> you know what I mean? This feels like it's uh, it's not following in line with the rest of that. I don't know what's going on. I don't have like some insider info about like some argument that Mize and the organization got over or whatever. Uh, This this really leads me to one down one path, and it's the only thing that really kind of makes sense to me. And we will get into that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Obviously, the NFL regular season has wrapped up, and I am currently just pacing around my apartment, uh, kind of wanting to puke all day Sunday, just waiting for this game to start. Uh, and you can get in on all of the action with FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You can do live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab and see what other people are betting on. You can make a parlay in Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find the most popular parlays that are out there right now, and so much more. Just spreads. What are the lines? Minus three, I want to say, for this game. Uh, money line, etc. Totals, right? Over-unders and everything in between. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Also got to tell y'all about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy. It also is what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And even with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your parts is guaranteed to fit in your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car to the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back. On Wednesday, continuing our off-season conversation, gonna start taking a look around the league, just kind of winners and losers of the offseason, talk about where the tigers stand within that, etc. That'll be the next couple of weeks, just doing you know, kind of off-season recap stuff, and of course, any news and notes that come out. Also, be sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today, which is here for you 24/7, covering the top sports stories of the day with all of the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so we're talking about arbitration. I kind of left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger there. Uh, got to do it. You know, sometimes you just got to be a professional and uh, and hit you with, uh, with a little bit of a teaser there, as we call it in the business. Um, but I think that really the only thing – that pops into my mind during this thing, besides like any frustration you have about cheapness or whatever, which I'm not going to stand in the way of and, and jump in front of ownership and take bullets for them. That's certainly not what I'm about to do whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to let those, those opinions fly because I don't disagree with them. Um, I think the, the, the only thing that really even somewhat makes sense is like legitimate worry about the injury. Um, Evan Petzold wrote kind of a summary about, the Mize situation, just the arbitration process as a whole. And he mentioned in there, like all plan, you know, going forward, all eyes ahead are just planning on Mize being ready by February when pitchers and catchers report and and ready for spring training and then presumably opening day. So uh, I don't think this necessarily means there's like a setback or that he's like super hurt or anything like that. But uh, I, I do think that it means that they're being cautious with, my specifically, because when you look at the rest of the rotation, I mean, they're given what, 14 mil to Flaherty, right? Who's had one healthy season in the last three or four years. Kenta Maeda has only had a healthy season or two in the last four-ish years. Tarek School, like we talk about it all the time. That's just me. This is just me regurgitating the same stuff, right? Like I, I've talked about this at, at length how I don't mind the fact that they're getting a bunch of starting pitchers because no one in this rotation is like proven to be healthy and is, is guaranteed going to give you even 150 innings next year. So the fact that you're – it is, again, weird optically that you're willing to go out there and, and spend, you know, 10 $12, 14000000 million a year on some starting pitchers that have riddled injury histories, but you're letting 25K be the difference between going to, to court and not for your former number one overall pick, I, it's, I, I, I hate it. I, I I don't like this at all. I really don't enjoy this situation whatsoever. Uh, I would have much preferred to avoid it, but the only thing I can think of is just some concerns on the injury. He has pitched like what seven or like 15 innings or something in the last two years. He's barely pitched in the last two seasons. I, I get the injury concerns and they're there. We'll talk about that plenty in spring training. I, I just, again, if I feel like there are there are much better avenues to save, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars on if you're the Tigers than going to court with Mize. Okay, let's talk about the best and worst case scenarios with the Tigers this upcoming season. Again, we've talked about everything from an individual on the field. Uh, well, everything's on the field, but uh, from an individual, you know, positional breakdown at length over the last couple of weeks. So I'm not just going to like, I'm going to try to avoid at least so just to just like regurgitate and say the same things that I said over the last couple of weeks. I want to talk about just standing within the division. And again, we've talked about the, uh, sorry, I got <laughs> my window open and people are uh, already getting ready for the Lions game. Um, it's uh, It's just, we've talked a lot about the AL Central, right? And that's what a lot of this is going to come down to. And and I don't like that. Um, I I do like the fact that the AL Central is weak enough as to where the Tigers and all of us and the media and the fans are all looking around and going, we kind of have a chance to to make a run at this thing because of how weak it is. I, I love that. I enjoy that greatly. What I don't like is the fact that that is what it feels like the conversation is contingent on. Feels much more like everybody's looking around, going, "Well, it depends on how bad the AL Central is than it is. It depends on how good the Tigers are." I I want to, and this is you know year two of Harris. Like we we have plenty of of room still to grow and whatnot, and hopefully this thing will continue trending upwards. I'm not saying this is the final product and and whatnot. Uh, this isn't from like frustration. This is just I I. I wish the team was at a point where we were like, oh, like the Tigers have a chance to win the division because the Tigers might be good this year. And I, I don't think that there's, I, I read my own comments. I know some people are pretty optimistic about the season and and I'm not trying to stand in the way of your optimism either. Uh, but I, I feel like most people are in the like mid 70s to mid 80s win total, right? I feel like we, if we were to have a bell, a bell curve, a bell graph, About, uh, like where everybody in the fan base thinks that the Tigers win total is going to be, the peak of that is going to be right around like a 500 ball club. You're going to see a lot of answers of like 75, 76, 77 wins, the most at around like 500, then a, a lot right at you know 82, 83, 84 wins, and then obviously as you get into the higher and higher win total. That number will go less and less, but I don't think anyone's looking around going, "Wow, we're going to win 68 games this year," either, right? I think there's some decent expectations here. And the thing about baseball is that because it's such a long season, if you even play, the Cardinals have done this a lot, uh, especially late. Not last year, they were terrible, but in my adult life, the Cardinals were kind of the kings of this, right? Like you just go 500 for 90 percent of the year and then you just get really hot for like two weeks, and boom, you're a 90-win ball club, <laughs> right? Like it, it's not there, – there's that because that's how long the season is, and 90 wins is nine games over 500, which in a 162-game season, again, you're, you're only really getting hot there for a little bit. So I, I think that that is best-case scenario. I want to start with that. I think that best-case scenario is not 90 wins. That's not what I was trying to say. Sorry if that is how that sounded. I think best-case scenario is this team is playing around 500 ball, and they get hot for a little bit. They get really hot for a decent amount of time and kind of propel themselves into this mid-80s win total, which in this division could be good enough and and, uh, a high enough win total to take it. Uh, I think that that's kind of the peak. Let's keep talking about that more, what needs to happen to accomplish that. And then obviously we'll talk about worst case scenario as well. We will do all of that right after we talk about our friends over at Jace Medical. I know we come on here to talk about sports and kind of escape, but this is a really, really bad flu season for everybody. And thankfully you can be prepared ...for this flu season with Jace Medical and also so much more. The Jace case is something that Jace Medical provides, and the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, amongst others this stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON, all one word, capital L, capital O, to get $20 off of your order that's code locked on all one word capital L capital O for $20 off at your order at jascmedical.com all right everybody welcome back here third and final segment of locked on tigers I appreciate you all greatly for tuning in uh talking about the best and worst case scenarios for the tigers this season I've said it a lot and I am going to repeat this point because I think it's important I've said it a lot over the last couple of weeks this team I feel like we're all there's some variation to how confident but but everyone is kind of in a similar boat when it comes to the opinion of the pitching everybody's in a similar boat with the opinion of the bullpen um again not exactly you, you can't get you know <laughs> a million people to all agree on really much of anything uh, but but I feel like we're all kind of in a similar mindset with with the pitching staff and the pitching coaching staff and what kind of production we have the ability to get out of the pitching staff this year. Which means that, and and like the defense, we we did a whole episode about defense. I love that episode. I I love nerding out about, uh, about niche stuff like that, like team defense and whatnot. But I feel like this is a team that is going to be heavily determined based on how good the offense is. Right, This is a a team that has been in the gutter offensively for at least two years. And 2022 was awful. One of the worst offensive teams we have ever seen. Doesn't even matter how old you are. That's an objective statement. You could be 120 years old listening to this. Shout out to you, by the way. Uh, But that is one of the worst offenses we've ever seen. 2023, the first half wasn't very good offensively. The second half, you got better, but you were still comfortably below league average, but you did get better. Okay. You were closer to like that 18 to 20th rank in team offense. And that was just in the second half. Your season total was still bottom three in baseball. So this team will go as far as their offense allows it. You have pitching depth. You have pitching top end talent. You have a great pitching coaching staff. Uh, you have a solid bullpen. We'll see how solid, right? The, the, the bullpen could range from bottom 10 to top 10, genuinely. If they had the 20th best bullpen in baseball, it wouldn't shock me. If they had the 10th best bullpen in baseball, it wouldn't shock me. They need some high leverage guys to prove some things. But this team, you need to score runs to win baseball games. I don't know if you're aware of that very captain obviously statement not great analysis but it really does come back to that okay like it, it genuinely so while i do think that this team has the ability to make a run at the al central do i think well, again we'll we'll get to like my actual i'll give you an exact record like i do every year uh, we'll get closer to like my actual where i think we're going to start and start do stop doing this you know ceilings and floors like big window thing when we get closer to spring training and are filtering out the roster and so i'm so pumped for spring training to come around and just have like actual you know in-season type of conversations again uh because they're so much better than these like hypothetical debates in january but um I, uh, I, I, this is again, like this is just to reiterate my point for a millionth time, I guess, I guess we can move on, but, uh, this truly is an offense, a, a team that is going to be determined based on their offense. Um, we saw them put together a decent year last year with an offense that didn't grade out very well. Decent was still sub 500, but you push for 500 there at the end of the year with an offense that wasn't awesome. Uh, if you take more steps forward from individual players, et cetera. We talked about that in the offense show. Um, That is going to almost single-handedly determine where your team finishes. Barring like a worst-case scenario, injury-plagued season, which is always on the table in professional sports. So, ceiling, that's kind of where my my mindset is at. If you can play around 500 and get hot for a week and a half, you can have a mid-80s win total. Right. Um Worst case scenario for me is the offense doesn't really figure it out. Right. You're looking around, you look at the lineup this year. Again, I read my own comments. I know some people are are kind of bullish on the team and think that they're going to be a, a mid or even upper 80s win total for some. And then there's some people that are like, I look at this lineup and I don't see anything too much better than what we've been given when the offense has been grading out poorly. Uh, and, and that's, I don't think that's like an awful take. Uh, I, I understand that mindset. Again, you, you've had one of the three worst offenses in baseball for two years in a row now. And this off season, you're, you're adding like rookies and Mark Canna. And that's no disrespect to Mark Hanna. I, I like the addition. He's a great floor raiser, I think, which is what we're talking about here. Um... But I still think this offense is a long way to go before it's a legitimate, like super competitive top half of baseball type of offense. And a lot of that will rely on the development and the continued progression of Torkelson and Mize and Carpenter, obviously, right? They go out and have great years. Maybe we can be a top half of baseball type of offense. But that's a mighty big jump. So when you're talking about the opposite end of the spectrum there and you're talking about worst case scenario, I think that there is legitimate concern that you're back at a 72-74 to win season. And that's worst-case scenario. So before anybody is is like, oh, you think we're only going to win 72 games. Not what I said. Not going to be my prediction. It's going to be higher than 72 wins. But if you're talking about best and worst, I, I think that that is... If you're preparing for worst, I think that's what you prepare for. You prepare for... A pitching staff that is around, you know, 15 to 20 again. Maybe there's some injuries again. And, I don't know, nobody can stay healthy in this team that doesn't have any proven innings eaters. And, again, biggest impact being your offense doesn't leave the gutter of baseball. It's very much on the table. I don't think it's likely. It won't be my prediction. But ignoring it and pretending like that's not a very, very legitimate and real possibility, I I, I think is, uh, is, is not a smart thing to do. So that's kind of where I stand. The offense will determine a lot, which is the reason that I wanted to even have this conversation. It's very easy for me to just go, oh, they could win the division or be fourth. Like, okay, great. Like that doesn't tell you anything. I, I fully understand that. Um, but I, I just want to highlight how much I think this season is going to be contingent on the strides that the offense takes. Okay. That's all I got. Go lines, baby. Got my, uh, my lucky Nate Burleson Jersey on. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm terrified. You can't tell my roommate has been, uh, a, a legitimate chef is cooking for a bunch of people that are coming over. Um, we're both just terrified and are just pacing around and trying to find busy work to get us to game time. I don't know how I'm going to make it. It can't be physically healthy on my body to be this anxious and nervous for this long. I feel like that's that that can't be healthy, right? And it had to be Stafford. The script writers were in their bag. Uh, you know, credit where credit's due to people, to, to our writers, our fantastic script writers. They really cooked with this one. But my quarterback's golf, and Jamo's the only nine I recognize tonight. All right? Let's let's uh, let's see what happens. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. Be sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. Uh, subscribe to that YouTube channel. And we'll catch you all on Wednesday, baby. Hopefully uh, – with some more baseball stuff, again, we'll keep talking bigger picture off-season type of stuff. Uh, Pocota projections come out. We always do a big Pocota episode talking about where the formula thinks all the teams are going to finish. That'll be a fun app. Ab- uh, that's They're not out yet. I don't think that's going to be out by Wednesday, but later in January is usually when those happen. So we got a lot of off-season stuff still to go over. Um, not trying to wish any days away here. All right, peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you on Wednesday. Go Tigers.